Welcome to Real Authors in Real Time podcast, where we explore the world of writing, publishing, and book promotion. Your host, Carmen Renee Berry, co-founder of Berry Powell Press, is a New York Times best-selling author and has been on Oprah and featured in Newsweek. She helps aspiring authors create top-quality books that transform lives. Join Carmen and her guests as they share insights and experiences in publishing and learn how to bring your message to the world. And now, Carmen. I have an exciting guest today, and we're going to be delving into a topic that many authors face because they base their stories on their own lives. But the question is, should I write a memoir? Should I turn it into a self-help book? Should I turn it into a fictionalized novel? Uh, When I first started writing, I would not own anything. And I put everything into self-help books so I could stay anonymous. But Mike E. Reynolds, who is the author of Darkness Dwells in Dixie, took a different tact. So welcome, Mike, to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. And let's start with your story. You are a great storyteller. I knew that as soon as I met you. Uh, And you had a story you wanted to share. Why didn't you approach it as a memoir? Well, I mean, that was a choice that I had to decide on early. I felt I needed to write it as a novel and fictionalize it. So while my book's not uh, verbatim of what happened in my life as a child, there's a large part of that 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 is in there uh, based on the characters and so forth but it is a, f- a work of fiction well some of your reviews that i've read have said you know it's such a dark story now and it has a great redemptive ending what they don't know is that your actual life was a little darker isn't yeah. that correct oh yeah yeah it definitely was without without fail tell us how you view your book how you summarize your book uh i suppose at its at its core, and you hit on this, it's really a book uh, about abusers, the abusees, in this case, uh, Mickey and his mother and his little brother, and a story of forgiveness and redemption. I mean, that really is the, the guts of the book and how Mickey got from you know, point A to, to a point where he could forgive those folks that abused he and his family. Now, the man who raised you, Charlie, in the book, uh, Uh was a very violent man. And I know you were concerned that you would turn out like him. I spent most of my childhood fearing that that I was going to be like him, that I would be violent. You know, that's not unusual because we know that... uh, a lot of people that were abused as children turn out to be abusers later in life. Of course, as a child, I didn't know that, but it was a fear. And I, I struggled against that because I didn't want to be like him. Uh, you know, And so definitely a, a fear of mine. Uh, but I can sit here today and say, no, I'm not like him at all. So I'm, I'm happy about that. And that's a story about, about that process. That's exactly so, right. Were you concerned about how your family was going to respond to <laughs> this book? Uh, yes. Now, my my mother has passed because 
I probably couldn't have written the book <laughs> if she hadn't been passed. Uh, but my uh, my brother, uh, who's prominent in the book, uh, is certainly alive, and we have a great relationship. Uh, one of my mother's sisters uh, is still alive, and I have tons and tons of, of relatives in Florida where the book takes place. So, yeah, there was some concern about how they would take this. In fact, my aunt told me, uh, when I told her I was going to write a book, she said, I will never read this book, ever. I'm happy to say since she's read the book twice. And so, uh, and and that's been eventful. She called me a few times and asked me some questions, cried, and and uh, and that sort of thing. So yeah, it's 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 been a real experience. Now you've had a lot of family members read this book, right? Yeah, a lot of them. Uh, my, of course, I have three daughters uh, and uh, three stepsons. Of course, they've all read the book. My brother has uh, has three kids, and they've all read the book. We have lots of uh, relatives, uh, aunt, uh, uh, nephews, and nieces, and cousins and they've all read the book uh, i'd say there's probably 30 maybe and have they been supportive have they felt like you've exaggerated this you've made your you've you've uh, misrepresented what really happened how, how what are their reactions you know that <clears throat> they've been very good to me in terms of how they like the book every one of them said that as soon as they started they could not put it down one of them read it in two days. I don't know how you do that, but they read it in two days. But what I found really interesting, Carmen, is that the different viewpoints on the characters. You know, Dixie May obviously is a is a is a, my mother, but how they saw her compared to how my brother and I saw her has been an interesting um, development and has brought some light to to the subject. So yeah, that's been really good. Uh, I didn't expect that. But they all said that they love the book and hurry up and write an action. Okay, so you had enough of the real story in the book, but you chose not to do a memoir. You chose to do fiction. Tell That's us correct. about that fiction element. Well, uh, I think the biggest part or the biggest fiction in the book is a, is a character that that we've added to the book that was not there. I don't want to give away too much because no, don't you know, tell I, us who it is. <laughs> I, I won't tell you who it is, but you know, I had a real problem with that at first. You know, because you know that was something that that was uh, a concept that that I think you came up with, and uh, that we needed to add a new element. I really struggled with that, but then once I decided, okay, that makes sense, uh, I grabbed hold of that, and it's funny that character has become my favorite character in the book. So that's the biggest fictionalized part of it. But it needed to be there because it helped explain and help drive a lot of the story. I think what authors have to look at when they decide they're not going to write a memoir, but they're going to fictionalize it, is that when when we're working together, they go, you said, you would say, but that's not what happened. That's not how it happened. And a memoir or a documentary needs to be really close to the truth, but fiction allows you to write a story <laughs> that is more engaging. It is. It's freeing. It's a it's a 
it's more of a free process. It doesn't have to be exact, um, you know, right to the to the letter of what exactly happened. There's enough in the book that's that's pretty right on the money, just the way it happened. But frankly, I just find it more interesting. It's a, it's a better read as a fiction. It's a story instead of reading my boring life. Right? I mean, that's that's how I felt about writing a memoir. Not everybody who writes a memoir feels that way, but but I did. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, we needed to tone it down a little because uh, you had a very, very difficult childhood. And so yeah. keeping it into a, a good story arc was important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really was because, I mean, it was violent. It was very violent. And we took some of that out because, you know, first, it didn't drive the story. It didn't really help the story. Uh, so, but yeah, we, we left some important, uh, if I was writing a memoir, they'd, it'd be in there. But To make this this story be authentic, there yeah. was a, quite a bit of uh, unsavory language, so to speak. Hmm. And, and there, were, there were scenes that were uh, a little challenging. Yeah, because, you know, look, we talked about this early on, about whether or not we should, you know, how authentic we wanted this to be. It just didn't make sense to write a book like this about abuse and, and, and alcoholism in the South in the 50s and 60s and not make it authentic. It would have ruined the book. And and while it might be a little bit hard to read, um, it's more interesting because it's truer. You know, if you know what I mean? It's authentic, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we I'm glad we kept it in. Uh, when I've written books, I always feel like I've changed through the process. I've gotten more insights into my own life. I put things together in a new way. I see things in a fresh way that I didn't expect when I started writing the book. What are the things that you discovered that you didn't know at the beginning? I think one of the things that happened is that I got to know my mother better. I started looking at when I'm writing a book, I'd and, and I'm Dixie May, or I'm thinking about Dixie May, you know, that how difficult it must have been uh, to be in her shoes in the 50s and 60s trying to raise two boys in that environment. And it's given me a, a much better appreciation for what she went through. So from that perspective, uh, that really changed my mind and my heart. And what happened for you when you forgave her on a deeper level? Well, <clears throat> I thought I'd forgive her, but I didn't really forgive her till I till I wrote this book. And in writing that, I mean, it, it's safe to say I spent lots of days weeping at my my laptop here. Uh, my, you know, my wife would come in. Are you okay? Are you okay? I go. I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, but the process was so cathartic for me. That uh, that by the time I I got to the final chapters, I realized I really have forgiven her, and that was extremely free. Yeah, I think that people don't write books because they say, "Well, this is going to change me. I'm going to become uh, more aware of my life." But that's what happens as a side benefit, uh, mm-hmm. because you feel that when you're starting your book, you already understand it. But uh, you had a very clear experience, I remember, through that process of really having a breakthrough. And I think that's, that's a side benefit, and it's wonderful. 
Yeah, it, it really was. I, I didn't realize, I never considered myself being abused until I really started reading this book, or writing this book. Um, on some level, but I always said, eh, you know, that that never bothered me, but that's not true. As I wrote this, I realized, <clears throat> yeah, I, that was a problem. So anyway, it's been very cathartic. Glad I did it. Mike, what kind of advice would you give somebody who's, you know, going back and forth? Should I write a memoir? Should I write a fictionalized version? What's the advice you would give somebody who's sorting that through? I think you're going to have to decide on who ultimately your market is. If you can decide that, it'll be a much easier decision uh, to make. People know who you are, then they're probably going to be interested in a, in a memoir. Uh, if they don't know who you are, then you're going to have a lot more freedom by writing writing a novel or something of fiction. You know, you bring up a really good point, which I keep coming back to, is audience, audience, audience. Uh, who do you want to talk to? You're having a conversation with somebody, and you went through a process where you decided that you wanted to have a larger audience, and for you, it's, it's not necessarily true for everyone, but for you, that meant fictionalizing and creating new characters that balanced out the story that you lived. That's correct. And, and you also had the, the flexibility of characterizing your mother, your father, your family yes. in a way that had some slippage so your family would say, well, that part's probably fictionalized. Uh, you didn't have such a tight constriction around their reactions. That's right. But all in all, they responded really well. And I think that's really one of the biggest concerns that authors have when they're going to write their own story, uh, how they're going to react, who are the people who are in your story. Yeah. You don't want to hurt people. But on the other side of the coin, uh, you'll have to make a decision. And it could be hard, a decision. I'm going to write this book, and some people are going to be hurt. Uh, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. If you can't make that decision, then don't write that book. Write something else. There's a fine line between telling your story and telling someone else's story. Yeah, there you go. That's a, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, tell your story. Don't don't tell the, don't put it all on them and tell their story. That's right. So I think that's a, a good guideline and a takeaway, which is yep. keep your writing to your story and well I, I had a conversation with uh, with the folks that I thought might have a problem with it uh, I did talk to them first and tell them I was going to write this book and it might hurt them in some way and I, that was never my intention and I think that helped kind of ease them into it so that helped I think that does help when you're above board and you let people know what's coming Right. So it's a really wonderful book. It's been a, nominated for an IBPA award, and it has changed your life, and I predict it'll change the lives of your readers. Thank you very much, Carmen. I appreciate that. If you like our program, send us a comment and visit us online at barrypowellpress.com.